so number one on your notes there, here, here's some questions to ask yourself. If you find yourself in, in a time where you feel like that's just your life, where that normal is whirlwind, vortex, let's just see what I can grab a hold of and get done in this minute before I get zoomed over here to have to handle something in the next minute. Um, you gotta ask yourself this question. This will help bring a little bit of clarity to where you're at in life. Ask yourself this, is what I am experiencing a season of life or a lifestyle? Is what I'm experiencing a season of life or a lifestyle? And there's a big difference. There's a really big difference. Because uh, there can be seasons in life when, when things just get busy. There's just busy seasons in life. Um, my goodness, somebody said the most productive you will ever be in life is the two or three days leading up to your vacation because like you become instant organized right there you know you pack this stuff this here we got this up we know what the agenda is for the next week everything's scheduled it's laid out even if my whole day consists of laying and staring at a beach that time's accounted for and i know what's going on like we got it but but most um most lives don't operate that way all the time we hit busy seasons um and times when you just got to get stuff done, time when there's extra practices, when the kids have to put in extra rehearsals, when there's extra work to be done up at the church that eats away at those times. And those are legitimate busy seasons in life, and that's just going to be part of life. That happens. There are times when things just get busy and you got to handle business. And, and then there's seasons when, when God is, is stretching you too. Because don't be deceived, man. We're in this thing called life. God's going to grow us into the people that he wants us to be. And growing us sometimes means stretching us and putting us in places where we're uncomfortable. Um, I, I can relate to that because I'm in a position where I'm, I'm very uncomfortable right now because I've never been a senior pastor before. And I can just shoot straight and be honest with that. I love what I'm doing. This has been the, the funnest three weeks of my life to date. And I absolutely love it. But it is, I'm getting stretched because I'm having to handle things that I've never had to handle before. I'm carrying weight that I've never had to carry before. These new duties, new responsibilities, you know. It's, it's a whole new world. And anytime you move into a season where God is putting you in an, a new area of ministry or he's dealing with you in a new area of growth, man, it can feel like your whole life just got turned upside down because you're trying to figure out what the new rhythm's gonna be. You're trying to figure out what the new steps are. What do I do here? What do I do there? You know, what, how am I supposed to present myself here? What am I, y- y'all ever been through that in your lives where God's put you in a new season of ministry or he's taking you through a season of growth where it's just stretching you and it makes you extremely uncomfortable. And then you got these people that'll say, well, the Bible says that the Lord will not put anything on us that's more than we can bear. That's a lie. There ain't nowhere in the Bible. There's nowhere in the Bible. What it does say is that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. It doesn't say anything about him stretching the junk out of you. Because that's what he'll do. He'll do it. Why? Because he'll get you to the place where you have to step outside of your comfort zone so you can't rely on yourself anymore. You have to turn into him and lean into his strength to get you through. And that's what he does. So you got to recognize whether or not you're in a season or a lifestyle, different seasons that you can find yourself in. And then you can find yourself in a season where there's just storms happening in your life. Jesus said, I'm going to tell you straight up, you're going to have trials. You're going to have trouble in this world. 
He told us that he overcame the world too. But we're going to have these seasons where we just got stuff that we have to deal with. The cars are going to break down sometimes. And we're going to go from a two-vehicle family to a one-vehicle family or a one-vehicle family to Uber and your neighbor, you know, whatever's going to get you there. Um, and, and they're not fun. You know, the kids are going to get sick. Um, they're going to have to go to the hospital sometimes. There's going to be there's going to be schisms in family and schisms in relationships, and, and that's just part of it. There are different storms that you navigate through, and all of that can add pressure. And if you're not careful, all of that can add stress into what's already a really busy schedule. And it can just make you feel like your whole life is out of balance. And you're just just grasping, trying to find some kind of rhythm to get things going. And, and those aren't fun seasons, but they're seasons. They come and they go. Um, but if you ever find yourself month to month, year to year, if you ever find yourself saying this phrase, once I get through this, things will calm down. You probably got a lifestyle issue. Um, it's not a season. This is something that you're going to look have to look at and probably have to address personally. If you find yourself where you're constantly, have you ever found yourself doing that? I have where, especially when I was running my business, I went through a season where I was like, I kept telling Kelly, it's like, look, we just got to get through this stretch. And once we get through this, things are going to calm down and it, it'll be okay. And then a few months would go by, look, we, we just got to get through this stretch and things are going to calm down and it's going to be okay. And she looked at me and she's like, you've been saying that for like a year and a half, Josh. Yeah, but we just got to get through this stretch and it'll be, it, it was a lifestyle deal. Um, I found myself in, in a, in a time of my life where I was just grasping at straws because I had so much on my plate. Um, it was ridiculous. I was, I, I ran a business full-time, uh, a little renovation, painting, contracting, little deal. And sometimes I would get real busy and I'd have to sub work out and I'd be managing, you know, six or seven jobs and then working on a job with a crew. So I had all this going. But at the same time, I would be ministering in the church and handling my responsibilities. And at the time I was preaching weekly and doing a young adult ministry and handling all the meetings that, that went along with that. So I was, I mean, I was speaking for the ministry and I was filling in for pastor and doing meetings and stuff. Um, I was speaking about 125 times a year in all the meetings and all the, the services that I was doing. Okay, let that process for a minute about 125 times a year. Um, I was in one, two, two meetings a week. So 52, so that's 104 meetings a year, not counting monthly meetings you throw on top of that. Okay, that's getting a little deep right there because we had um, monthly executive leaders meetings. So that's 12 more, so that's 116 meetings a year on top of speaking that many times, on top of operating the business and I had a wife, and I had a little kid. Mm-mm. I should have had a friend that came up to me and said, Josh, you need to slow it down, bro. You need to slow it down. Because you know what was happening? Um, I, w I was in a season where, man, I was doing a lot of stuff in a lot of different directions. 
but I didn't feel like I was getting a lot accomplished. I guess I kind of was, but, but you know, you, you find yourself when you get busy. You ever found yourself in a season where you're like so busy doing things that the only legit time you can like con yourself into thinking you're getting with God is like your drive time to and from work or to and from a job. Like I'll put the, the, the Bible app in and I'll listen to somebody read me the Bible while I'm driving and that's my Bible study time when you know good and well. That's good, it's better than nothing, but it doesn't even come close to sitting there and just letting God speak into your heart undistracted, you know, and just having that private time with him. Um, and so I went through seasons where I was tricking myself into thinking that was going and God's like, bro, you don't, you know, son, no, no, you know. Um, and he had to bring me back to a place where I had to take a hard look at my lifestyle and what was going on, and I had to start making some changes because you can only burn the candle at both ends for so long, and then there's no candle left, you know? And hopefully, if you know, I don't know what, what situations you guys are in in your personal lives or what's going on, but hopefully um, before tonight's over, it'll give you an objective look at your life and and maybe what's busy um, but and 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 maybe what is busy that doesn't need to be busy that might be costing you because if i continued doing what i was doing then if i kept doing it till now i can tell you this there's no way i would still be in ministry guarantee you um there's probably probably i may or may not still have a marriage because there's just no way you can spend that much time apart from somebody under that kind of stress and all this, that, and the other without it taking a toll. Uh, I had to come to a point where I had to ask myself if that kind of price tag was something that I was willing to pay, and it wasn't. So I had to shift my priorities and cut a whole bunch of stuff out and cut things back, and and it saved me a whole lot. Um, Many times, number two on your notes, many times the tension that we feel in our lives isn't from a lack of time management, it's from a lack of priority management. It's not from a lack of time management. It's from a lack of priority management. And when you first hear something like that, it's, it's almost kind of insulting. It's like, I know what's important in my life. How are you going to tell me what's important in my life? I know what my priorities are. My priorities are, you joker. Don't tell me I don't know how to manage my priorities. I know what they are. And what most people have and this is what I found that I had, and I'm finding in talking to people, most people have what's called intellectual priorities, okay? Intellectual priorities means that we have a concept of what we think is important, and that differs from what is actual reality. Like, if I were to ask you right now, what's what's some of the top most important things in your life right now? I guarantee you everybody in this room would say God. God. My relationship with God is number one in life. Why? Because we're in church and that's supposed to be the right answer. Uh, especially when the pastor asks you, it's, yes, it's God, hallelujah. God, G-O-D, God. You know, um, that's the number one priority, and, and he should be. It yeah, should be. Uh, what's your second priority? Most people would say family. God and then my family. Let the whole world burn down, and I'm going to have my Jesus, and I'm going to have my family, you know? Um, Number three might be, uh, it, it might go God, family, you break that down to your spouse, your children. Um, number three might be uh, your career. 
Number three might be your ministry. Depends on how involved in ministry you are. It, it differs from person to person. These things are important. These things are important, you know. But how many of you would say that you would love to be able to spend more time with God in your life right now? Yeah. And how many of you would say, I wish that I could spend more time with my family? Absolutely, you know. Um, how many of you would say, I can't wait to spend more time at work? And Nobody. Almost nobody. Like you, every, every once in a zillion crowd, you'll find somebody that goes, I love my job, you know? And I'm like, bro, teach me. Teach me what you know, you know? Um, uh, now, I, it's a little bit different for me now. It's not like I don't like doing what I do. Uh, I, I love it. It's a lot of work doing this. Um, but I, I actually, I guess I'm becoming one of those people that actually love what they do because this is like my lifelong calling. I love being able to, to, to operate ministry and do what God's called me to do. Um, but when I have to go and do vocational jobs and I have to put paint on walls and I have to do drywall and I have to do this, I have to do that, uh-uh, no. You know what I'm thinking of? Man, I could be doing a lot of ministry right now. Man, I wish I could be playing with my kid in the yard, you know. Um, so we say that all of these things are priorities in our life, but when we get down to it, if we're honest... In reality, there's probably a lot of things that distract and pull away from the time that we would like to put into things that we say are priorities. Um, And depending on the season that you're in, it may or may not be a bad thing. Um, But if it's a lifestyle thing, that's something you've got to look at because there's only so much time in this thing we got called life. And you're going to blink, and you're going to be laying on your deathbed, and you're going to be taking one of your last few breaths, and you're going to look back on your life, and it's either going to be full of precious memories, precious memories and awesome things you did for the kingdom of God, or you're going to look back on a life of regret because you had a whole lot of priorities and a whole lot of things you wanted to do, but you weren't able to get to any of them because of all the other stuff that pulled you away from it. Is making sense? A lot of people find themselves in, in places like that. Now, I don't want you to walk out of here um, feeling like you have to in life. So intellectual priorities, most people would say what they would call priorities in their lives. But when you get right down to it, most people would say, you know what? I don't get to spend enough time doing the things that I would call priorities in my life. Um, if you want to find out what your priorities really are, look at two areas. And these are just truth tellers, absolute truth tellers. You can't get around it. Your priorities are always visible by looking at two areas. Number one, your calendar. Your calendar. And number two, your money. Look at your calendar and look at your money. Look at your bank statement. And those two things are going to tell you what your priorities are. Regardless of what you say your priorities are, those two things are going to shed a really bright light on what the actual priorities in your life are. And some people kind of get away from that because, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you have on that calendar and what is in that bank statement are your priorities. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your what will be also heart it'll be there Uh, your priorities follow those things so what you have to realize is this 
and choosing your priorities, you don't get more time for something because you want to. And this is where most people stay. They want to have time to do the things that they want to do. You don't get more time for something because you want to. You get more time for something when you make it a priority. That sounds good, Josh. How the heck do I do that? I'm just going to walk in and tell my boss, hey, look, it's not in my priority list to have to be here six days a week, so y'all are going to have to adjust. Hey, I didn't say it was going to be easy. I didn't say it was going to be easy. Uh, Because probably some things are going to have to be cut. But if you want to have your priorities as your priorities, you have to make them your priority. That was just so stupid sounding, it's kind of profound. I could probably say that, and somebody would tweet that. If I put that on Facebook, they just copy and paste. That's amazing. Uh, You have to make it happen. You have to make it happen. You have to shift from that place where it's an intellectual thing when you're like, yeah, I agree with that in concept, but I really wish it was a reality in my life. You've got to own that and make it a reality in your life. If you want more time to devote to ministry, you have got to make more time to devote to ministry. Now, that means probably something's going to have to give in your schedule, and that, that's the price tag that, that catches a lot of people. Um, so... Once you make the decision to make something a priority, number three on your notes, you have to make a decision about what is a priority, then you have to manage that decision. You got to manage that decision. And man, mm, this, this is where it becomes tricky because it, how many of y'all have kids? Have kids or have had children? All right. Do their rooms magically stay clean? I, mine don't. Like, I, I constantly, I'm coming in to clean, clean the room, clean the, clean the room before you go to bed. Let's pick the Legos up. Let's pick this up. Usually it's pick the Legos up after I step on the Lego because I haven't learned that I tell them to pick the Legos up before I go into the room. I walk into the room and I step on the Legos and I'm like, ah, let's pick the Legos up. You know, uh, I, uh, they, they, the rooms never stay clean. Look, you're not, your life is kind of like that. It is never going to naturally stay clean on its own. You're going to have to constantly manage what you call your priorities, whatever they are for you. If it's your relationship with God, tell me, look me in the eyes and tell me that sometimes you don't have to fight to keep that time sacred in your life. You got to manage it. You got to work for it. If you want to call that a priority, man, I know what that means for me. That means Josh doesn't get to sleep in. If Josh is going to get prayer time in, it's going to have to happen before the kids wake up. And my kids get up early. <laughs> so, so, so Josh is looking at, at, at 5 o'clock mornings, 4.30 mornings sometimes to get in some Jesus time before the little tornadoes work their way out of the bedrooms and start running down. You know, it's, it's, you, you got to do what you got to do. You have to fight for that time. It just doesn't magically show up. You've got to fight for that time. You guys that are married, hey, how, how natural is it for you and your husband or you and your wife just to have available time for you, just the two of you to be able to go out for a couple of two or three hours with no distractions, just you guys? If you've got kids, that's almost a fantasy land. It's almost a fantasy. Like if you're married with no kids, you're like, hey, you want to go out? Sure, okay, let's go out. 
If you got kids, it doesn't work like that. It's like, hey, you want to go out Friday? Yeah, on Tuesday. You start calling and trying to find babysitters. Sometimes a week before, you try to line stuff up. You got to work that schedule, man, to make it happen. Um, You got to manage those priorities because they don't just naturally happen. You have to work for it. So once you decide what's important in your life, you got to fight for it. Josh, that's the most simplistic thing I've ever heard of in my life. But tell me the truth. How many times do you find yourself having to fight for that stuff? You find yourself having to fight for it. I know I do. Just about everybody that I talk to, it naturally, their whole life will just spiral out of control if they don't come back and manage what they call their priorities. So you have to align your time and align your money with that decision. Because if you don't invest your time, if you don't invest your money into what you call a priority, it's not a priority. If you don't give time to your spouse, you're not going to have time for your spouse. You're going to have to invest some money, I guarantee you, because those restaurants aren't cheap. Movies aren't cheap. You go to a movie at Arbor Place, holy cow, man. It, it used to be affordable, now it's, man, that you drop some cheddar, especially if you want some popcorn and some snacks. Man, John, you have to work some overtime to, to pay for the date, you know. They see me, what's Pastor Josh cutting that yard for? He needs 50 bucks to take Kelly out to the movies. That's what he's doing. You, know, you, you got to work it. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, so your decision plus the alignment of that stuff is going to equal the result of you having the priority that you want in your life. Now, Jesus was the best example of a prioritized life that you can think of, that I can think of. I mean, he's just perfect in everything that he did. Jesus had, uh, a, I mean, he just had a laser-sharp focus to his life and what he did. He was a prioritized guy. Um, in Luke chapter 2, verse 49, if you read that, you know, in your, in your spare time, if you want to go back over these notes and check it out, he was a 12-year-old in the temple blowing away the greatest minds that were in that temple with his wisdom. Mom and dad were freaking out because they couldn't find him. How'd you like to be Mary and Joseph then? Now think about it. All right, they had had angels appear and tell them, this baby is the son of God, the Messiah. Okay, virgin birth, the whole nine yards, no doubt. No doubt this was a son of God. And they lost him. They lost him. Not for like an hour. Not for like an afternoon. Days. The day. Where's my kid? I don't know. Have you seen Jesus? No. Have you seen Jesus? No. Have you? No. Gone. They couldn't find him. They found him in the temple. They come in freaked out. And he looks at them and goes, hey, didn't you know that I would have to be about my father's business? 12 years old, laser-focused. Laser-focused in accomplishing God's will for his life. John uh, 12, 49, Jesus says, um, when he's talking to people, he said, I say what the Father tells me to say. John chapter 5, he says, I do what the Father does. He was laser-focused on what he was. He was there. His purpose in life was to bring glory to the Father. And that's what he did. He was about his Father's business. He did what the Father wanted him to do. He said what the Father wanted him to say, and he was obedient even to death on a cross. Um, Luke chapter 4, if you got your Bibles, flip over there. Look at verse 40 
um, I want to read you something that's just going to amaze you. Because maybe you've never thought about Jesus this way. Luke 4, verse 40. It says, At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out and came out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God, but he rebuked them and, and wouldn't allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a, to a solitary place, and the people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. They wanted him to hang out. They wanted him to stay. And he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because that is why I was sent. They wanted him to say, and Jesus actually actually had to say the words no. Now, there were a lot of people he could have healed there. There were a lot of people he could have forgiven of sin there. There was a lot of good stuff he could have done there, but Jesus had to say no to them. Do you know how many sick people Jesus walked past to heal the ones that he healed? You know how many houses he didn't go into so that he could go into certain taxpayers' houses and to certain houses to have dinner? Do you know how many people he walked by to go preach in the synagogue at a certain place at a certain time? Jesus said no to a lot of people, and Jesus said no to a lot of opportunity because it was not in the mission of his priorities. It wasn't in his mission or his priority at the time. Because it's not what God wanted him to do. He said no to a lot of stuff. Did you know this blows me away? Think about this. Um, During the last week of Jesus' life, he rested on the Sabbath. Now think about that. The last week of your life, you're fixing to go to the cross and die. It's fixing to be over. There's like, you're not talking years. You've got days. You've got hours for healing. You've got hours for raising the dead. You've got hours for telling people the good news. You've got hours and the guy stopped and he took the time to rest. In the middle of all of that because that was a priority too. And Jesus didn't get so busy that he didn't take time to rest. He was always going away. He was always praying. And I think that's in there to set, set a, a, a pretty good example for us, too. Um, not only did he do what the Father wanted him to do, but he had time to rest in the process. He didn't burn himself out. So as you go through and you establish what you call your priorities and you're shifting, you know, sifting through these things um, and you're, you're having to say no to things so that you can say yes to other things, a lot of freedom starts to come in because when you establish your calendar with priorities, now you have the freedom to say no to the good to protect the important. To say no to the good to protect the important. Healing people is a good thing. Jesus said no to it because he needed to protect the importance of the mission that he was on. Sometimes in life, you've got to say no to good stuff so that you can focus on the best stuff. And I'm learning that right now personally and just with ministry um, because look 
How many of y'all have been senior pastors before? Yeah, me either up until recently. So I'm finding out a lot of a lot of new stuff. Finding out a lot of interesting stuff. Um, I've, I'm, I'm learning that it's really hard to keep these things called business hours when you run a church. They don't exist. And the reason why they don't exist is because people's lives go 24-7 and stuff happens after hours. Um, <laughs> and it's not always convenient um, when you have to, to come in and, and help people. And, and I'm learning that um, I have to draw lines as a pastor sometimes and that I have to decide whether or not an emergency in somebody's life is going to become an emergency in my life. Now, that sounds mean, doesn't it? That sounds mean, doesn't it? Why wouldn't the pastor consider every emergency an emergency? Because sometimes not every emergency. Look, if, if your dog dies, I'm sorry your dog died. And, and I may pray with you, but I'm, I'm probably not going to come to your house and spend three hours with you because your dog passed away. Because I've got a little girl at home that needs a daddy too. Um, and so I'm having, to, I'm having to make a decision. Um, and this, this is one where Kelly helped me early on too. Like the first week I started doing this. Um, there's just, there's, look, I'm learning there's always something that needs to be done. If I'm not talking to somebody on the phone or if I'm not casting vision to a leader saying here's where I feel like God's leading the church or if I'm not working on a message um, which is insane how much time gets thrown into to message prep week after week it's, it's amazing and prayer goes into it if I'm not praying or or working on something you know there's there's something at the church that needs to be done there's a toilet that's not working right or i've got to get a post up on the church's facebook page right now because we don't have somebody to do the social media stuff just yet but we're fixing to so i'm having to do all that and and i'm having conversations with people and talking with leaders and and going to conferences midweek and coming back and getting prepped for service and all this stuff it's been a whirlwind couple of few weeks um and kelly looked at me towards the end of the first week and she's like hey i know this is really really important to you but don't forget that you've got a family here too yeah you're right you're right um so i had to make a decision where once i leave here at x o'clock you know um if i'm picking up hannah it's around 3 three thirty, or if i don't have to get hannah from school it's somewhere between four and five when i leave here I leave here, and sometimes that means I'm at home, and I shut my phone off, and I'm just with my family, and here's why, because I don't want my kids to grow up and hate the church that I gave my life to see God move in, you know what I mean? I don't want to sacrifice the best or the most important priority in my life for something that's good at the time. It's always good to pray for people. It's always good to minister to people. That has its time and its place, and and my kids need a dad too. My wife needs a husband too, and and I'm kind of having that reinforced, and and I'm kind of going back over that right now and figuring out those those priorities. It, it's funny. I have one lady I was talking to her, and she goes, "You know what? We just decided in our house when it's dinner time we have a rule: no screens, no screens, no screens at dinner. What does that mean? Nothing with a screen on it." No phones, no tablets, no laptops, no nothing. You leave it in the other room. When we sit down as a family, no screens. Um, because they didn't want whatever was happening on those screens to pull away from what was a priority. Hey, we're here together as a family. 
we're going to have time. We're going to talk about each other's lives. We're going to enjoy this moment. You know, um, it could be something as simple as that. Choosing what's important over something that's good. Um, a lot of people, it, I, I talk to people and they're so stressed out because they've got their kids running around doing 8 million different things. You guys still with me or am I losing you? Yeah, we're we're going to wrap up here in a minute. Um, they got their kids running around doing 8 million different things and activities. And like the kids are in soccer and gymnastics and and they're trying to figure out how to get keep the kid in church like they do Sundays okay but they can't get them to youth on Wednesday and if you ask them they'll say God's a priority and I want God to be a priority in my kid's life but then they've got something that's in the life that's causing busyness that's important to them at the moment but it's in competition with what they're calling a priority does that make sense so it's stressing the mess out of their life and what they say is a priority suffering because of something else that might not necessarily be bad, but it's eating up the time that should be over here for what they're calling a priority. Um, and and you have to make a choice. Like, hey, if, if Jesus is going to be the priority and you want your kids to understand that, then soccer is awesome. Gymnastics has to go because gymnastics is on a Wednesday and I want my kids to know that Jesus is important. Now, it's funny because if you say, you talk to parents and you say, hey, don't you want your kid to go to heaven? Yeah. Then why do you have them out doing all kinds of stuff on Wednesday and you keeping them out of the youth ministry and, and this, that, and the other, and they look at you like, how dare you make a good point? You know what I mean? Like, that makes too much sense. And, he, and it's like, if, if you call people on it, then you're a bad guy because they, you say, why are you trying to guilt us and pressure us? I'm not doing that. That's your conscience. I'm just pointing something out that you might not see in life. Um, but uh, once you set something as a priority, though, it's amazing what becomes visible that you can begin to say no to, whether it's a soccer practice or if it's a, taking a phone call when you're supposed to be with your family or you know something simple like that or the second job that that you've got that you really don't need. Well, why do you need it? Well, I got to have it to pay for for this truck. Why do you need a new truck? Why couldn't you buy a a, a used truck that's still good that didn't cost the extra twenty thousand dollars now that you're having to pay for? Well, I I wanted the new truck. Okay, so what you're saying is you wanted the truck. You were selfish. You wanted what you wanted. But now you're having to work extra so you could have what you wanted. So what you wanted is causing you, one, to work all the extra time now so you're coming home exhausted. Two, it's taking you out of the time that you would have had with your family because you're having to work the extra job. Now you're not available to your family. You're not available for ministry. You're struggling in your relationship with God because you're having to work, do jobs, and manage all this junk because you wanted a new truck instead of a used one. It's not that simple. Sometimes it is. Sometimes, and sometimes we complicate our own lives by doing things like that. It, I'm not getting y'all mad at him. No, it just, it just makes a lot of sense. So sometimes a little bit of practical wisdom and clarity can clear up a whole lot of confusion and frustration that happens in our lives. Um, sometimes we don't have to operate under the pressure that we put ourselves under. So when you're looking at prioritizing things, here's, this would be Pastor Josh's suggestion before we get out of here. It's this. Um, number four, 
your relationship with Jesus has got to be the first non-negotiable priority in your life. If you want clarity in your life, if you want focus in your life, if you want things to make sense and you want to have peace in your life as a child of God, your relationship with Jesus has to come first. And usually I get a big duh, but be honest now, think about it, because we all said earlier, we would all love to have more time with our relationship with God if we made it, and I'm not saying we're not, but if we made it the priority that we wanted it to be, and we put it first before we put anything else first, I wonder how many of the things that we stress out and we try to take care of would fall in line on their own. Well, that would be awesome. That sounds magical, Josh. Matthew 6, 33 says that. The Bible says that, that if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that he'll add all that stuff to your life as well. What stuff? Go back and read Matthew chapter 6 and read all the stuff that Jesus was talking about. The food, the finances, all the stuff that we struggle and try to keep up, the clothing, the this, the that, the other. He goes, listen, I know you need all that stuff. I know if you will just put me first, and allow me to be the beginning filter of everything that happens in your life, all that stuff will start to line up. And you'll get a lot of clarity. You'll get a lot of clarity and a lot of pressure will start to come out, will start to come off your life. Because nothing matters without this. Absolutely nothing matters without this. It's, it's got to be the gravitational pull that keeps you where you're supposed to be in your universe. Okay? The reason why we don't flow right off the earth and go floating off into space is because there's something called a gravitational pull that keeps us stuck to the earth. It keeps us on the earth. The reason why the moon doesn't go shooting off into space is because there's something called a gravitational pull that keeps it where it is in rotation and orbit with the earth. The reason why the earth doesn't go zooming off into the universe somewhere is because we're stuck in a gravitational cycle and pull with the sun that keeps us in our orbit. And it all works well because everything's fixed the way that it should be and it's set the way that it should be set and everything moves in a system and in an organized way. If you don't have your relationship with God set, you don't have a gravitational center in your life. Your whole life is going to just fly off in whatever direction. Okay, you hearing me? If you want to get peace and clarity in your life, you've got to give priority to that first. Why? Because every issue that you face in life flows out of your relationship with God. How you approach your job flows out of it. How you approach your, your, your marriage flows out of your relationship with God. How you deal with your children, how you deal with other people. How you prioritize your finances and your time flows out of your relationship with God. And if you don't have that as a compass fix to point you in the right direction, it's just going to be chaos. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be unfulfilled. You're going you're gonna to feel a lot of pressure and you're going to feel like you're floating around doing a whole lot of busy work and not accomplishing a whole lot, and you're going to have what's called intellectual priorities where you have things that you would, you would love to see in your life, but they're not going to be the reality that you want them to be. Um, so flip to the last page, and I just want to ask you some questions before we get out of here this evening. Is this good so far? Okay. So if you had to list what you would call your top priorities in life, what would you say right now? I mean, right now. And I know we talked about 
the whole intellectual thing versus reality. If you had to write down what is in reality right now, if you had to die the next minute, what would you want your number one, number two, number three priorities in life to be? Go ahead and take a second and write those down. If your life was perfect, what would you want to be on that priority list? Now I want to distract you while you're writing, but I noticed that a lot of you started writing immediately, like you didn't have to think a lot. One, two, three, four, five, bam. You know why? Because we know. We know. We know what we want. We know what's important to us. I put down five because five is manageable. If, you, if you're philosophical, you probably have like 10 or 15 that you're rattling off right now, but usually those could be offshoots of like a main five. You might have more, you might have less. I just put down five as just a rough number. Everybody got your list? Now let me ask you this question, all right? Honestly, nobody's looking at your piece of paper but you, all right? You and God, I suppose. What's suffering right now is a priority? Uh, what is on that list of things that you say are important that you know right now is suffering? You can't get the time to it that you want. It's not on the calendar like you want it to be, and it's not getting resourced with your finances like you want it to be. What is suffering right now as a priority in your life? Time with God, time with your kids, time with your spouse, time in ministry. It might be recreational time. Man, that, that if on my list, that seems to go. That, that's, that, that's, just sneaks into fantasy land pretty fast for me. I have to fight for downtime. You got to rest too. Now ask yourself this question. And you might have one, two, three things that you wish you could get to right now that you feel like suffering is a priority. Now ask yourself, is it a seasonal or a life issue that's causing that priority to suffer a little bit? Is it just a season of life that you're in? And ask, answer it honestly, though. Is it just a season? Is God stretching you? Is it just a season of time? Is it, are these things getting hurt because of something that's happened? You, you're having to spend more time at work because the car broke down or things are complicating your life because you're going through storms right now? Or is this some kind of cyclical pattern that's in your life and it's a lifestyle that's killing the things that you want to be priorities in your life. Probably that was a pretty easy one to answer if you were 100% honest. If, if you're an excuse maker, you're probably going to go back and forth with it until your husband or your wife tells you the truth or you got a friend that tells you the truth. If you can't figure it out, ask your wife or ask your husband 
or ask a friend. If you're not married, they'll tell you the truth, so you'll know. Seasonal or lifestyle. Um, this one gets a little more complicated. If something's suffering as a priority, and it's a lifestyle deal, and it could just be because it's a seasonal deal, what needs to change? What needs to change in your life so that the things that you call priorities in your life get the time that they need? What needs to change? What needs to change in your life that would affect your calendar and that would affect your money or your finances so that they fall in line with the things that you call priorities? Maybe the soccer practice has to go. Maybe gymnastics have to go. Maybe the second job has to go. Maybe the phones need to be shut off. Maybe it's no screens at the dinner table. Maybe it's no Facebook. Oh my Lord. It just, how much, it scares me sometimes how much time I can lose in an evening to Facebook when I've got downtime. It's like, really? I just spent an hour doing what? I could have been doing something else and I just did. It, it, it could be something as simple as that or it could be something that you really got to dig deep to figure out because something major has to change in your life if you want your priorities to really be your priorities. So the big question is this, what do I need to say no to so I can say yes to what is most important? What do I need to say no to so I can say yes to what's, more, what's uh, most important? And that's where you want to be in your life, where you have your priorities set One, two, three, four, five. Set carved in stone on your calendar, on your schedule, backed up with your finances as immovable, non-negotiable. These things don't get messed with in my life. If I die tomorrow, I'm going to have my time with my family. I'm going to have my relationship with my God. I am going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to, whatever the priorities are, the major priorities, those things stay fixed. They don't move. We say no to absolutely everything else that would start to interfere with us because that's where the problem comes because the stuff that we need to say no to sometimes looks really, really, really good. Really, really, really good. It's, I've got an evening at home with my wife and a couple of my buddies call me up and say, hey, you want to go catch a movie with us? Now, it's good to go hang out with my buddies but are they set in stone as a priority in my life or is my relationship with my wife that maybe I haven't seen in two or three weeks because of, of everything else that I've had to, to deal with in the season of my life? I'm going to say no to them and I'm going to say yes to her because she's immovable. She's non-negotiable. She's a priority in my life. Um, saying no to those things and saying yes to the things that we say are most important and giving them their time that brings so much clarity and that removes so much pressure and so much frustration from life. Why? That's an easy answer. Because we're actually spending our time doing the things that we really want to do with the people that we really want to be with, with the things that make our heart beat. That's where we spend the good part of our time. 
We give those the priority, set in stone, and then everything else can land where it lands. Now, that, that sounds good in a session like this. You've got to go out in the real world and, and make it happen, and I do too. Because um, when you say no to people, sometimes they get mad. And, and when you say no to the boss, sometimes they get mad. And, and when you say no to things that, that you want to do, sometimes you have to say no to stuff that you really want to do to keep pri- the priority on what needs to happen, what really, really needs to happen. Um, sometimes, sometimes I'll say no to opportunities to go speak somewhere on you know, off times when I'm not ministering here at the church. Because sometimes Josh needs some rest too, you know. Sometimes you have to say no to fun stuff so you can recoup. There's a reason why Jesus took time to rest. He did it as set an example for us. So, um, man, it, it sounds so good in a session like this, but I promise you this. If you'll apply this and put it to work in your life, if it's a lifestyle thing, because we go through seasons sometimes where life's just going to be life. But if you're finding yourself where this is a lifestyle where you are just not able to get in rhythm and make the things important in your life that you want to be important in your life, I've just given you a real simple process to honestly evaluate where you are, where your time's going, to honestly evaluate where your priorities want to be and where they really are. And I've just given you a pretty simple process to go through to grill yourself in honesty and say, you know what? It either is or it isn't, and if I want it to be, then I need to do this. And if you'll apply this to your life and put these biblical principles to work, you'll find yourself in a place where you've got peace in your life. Even if you're a little bit busy, you're still going to have peace because your priorities in life are going to be set and you're going to be giving them the time that they need. What's your number one priority? Absolutely your relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. If you don't have that, forget about the rest of it. Forget about the rest of it. If you'll set that and make that non-negotiable and then set your other priorities as non-negotiable, you'll start to do some stuff for the kingdom of God on a level you never thought you'd be able to. All right? So, good stuff? All right. Y'all are starting to look... Y'all got sleepy eyes now. Y'all are bright-eyed when you came in. You're sleepy-eyed now. You're getting that, my brain is, is done for the day look. That's cool. Well, let's pray, and uh, let's get out of here this evening, and uh, let's put this stuff to work. Father, thank you so much for the truth of your word and for the practicality of your word. God, you care about our lives, and you care about what's important to us. Father, I pray that, that we walk out of here with clarity. We walk out of here with focus. I pray that we wouldn't see what we talked about tonight as something philosophical, and this is something that other people can do with their lives. Lord, we can do this individually. We can decomplicate our lives, and we can cut the clutter out, and we can get laser-focused on our priorities just like you were, Jesus. I pray that you give us wisdom. Lord, give us creativity. Father, I I pray that you give us a little bit of patience with ourselves as, as we go out and begin to apply this, Father. Lord, I pray that everybody that's in here would put this to work in their life, Father, so that our lives, even if, even if we're in a season where we're busy and, and we're, we're doing a lot of things, Father, Lord, that we would be at peace in knowing that the things that we're doing are our priorities and they matter to us and they matter to you. 
Lord, I pray that you give us rest tonight. Lord, let us wake up refreshed in the morning, ready to go conquer the, the day, and, and maybe to lead some people to you. Lord, I give you praise and I give you glory for what you're doing in this church. In Jesus' name, amen.